And now, O Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be found acceptable in your your sight, for you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. And if through the words of this human being we do not hear your voice, O God, we ask you to speak to each of us then, here in the quietness of our hearts. Amen. You probably expected Mary to talk to you today, but my name is not Mary. You may have expected for me to be the angel Gabriel elaborating a little bit more on that surprise visit to Nazareth that day. But my name is not Gabriel. But I do appear in today's passage in verse 36. There's reference to a relative named Elizabeth whom everybody believed would never have a child of her own, and yet God's mercy and miraculous power came upon her, and she conceived and bore a son whose name would be John. He would grow up to become the preparer of the way for the spotless lamb prepared for the salvation of the world. I am Elizabeth, the mother of John, the preparer of the way, the relative of Mary, and servant of the Most High God. But in addition to all of those hats that I wear, the hat that, uh, most, that most people don't think about that I wore more than any was that of a preacher's wife. Yes, my husband, Zachariah, was a priest. It was the family business, you see. His great, 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 many times grandfather was Levi. And Levi was told many years ago that his line would be the priests. They would be the ones who lit the candles in the worship service. They would be the ones who ordered the life of the the gathered congregation. They were the ones who offered the sacrifices in the sanctuary on behalf of the people of Israel. So you see, Zechariah really didn't have much of a choice as to what his job would be, but it's something that he still accepted willingly and did very well. And when I signed up for it, I knew it was going to be hard work, but I was honored to be a part of the consecrated work that God had called us to do, to work, to serve in God's temple, to serve in worship, to be set apart. I was honored for this. My work was consecrated. And no matter what I experienced during the week, I could always look forward to those rhythms of worship that my husband led. I could be part of the congregation. And even though at those times when my world seemed hopeless as I longed for a child for many years, I found hope in the gathered community of believers watching and waiting for the Messiah. And you see, that's what you do Uh, over and over. We show up for worship. We show up in anticipation of what might happen. And you know, in all those times that I spent serving alongside my husband, in all of those times serving in the temple, watching the incense rise, watching the smoke rise from those sacrifices, deep in my heart I believed and I prayed and I hoped that I would be one of the ones to actually see the Messiah. For hundreds of years, my ancestors had had that same prayer. But you know, I always knew deep down there was a good chance that that would happen. And then something unusual happened one day. Zechariah came home from the temple, and he couldn't speak anymore. Now, as you know, preachers like to speak. And they usually have plenty of words to say, and all of a sudden he couldn't speak. And so all of a sudden my world went silent in more ways than one. Because when he came in, he told me that we were going to have a miraculous child and that we would name him John. And, he had, and Zachariah had to translate this to me through writing and through, and, and through a different kind of language. 
And I couldn't really believe it that this could be the case. And over time, he communicated to me that this was not going to be any ordinary baby, but this was a baby whose life would be dedicated to so much more than Zachariah and I could ever have imagined. Now, what you don't hear in today's passage from Luke, what happens in the verse just before today's passage starts, is the fact that when I found out that I was going to have that miraculous baby, I went into five months of isolation. So my husband wasn't talking anymore. My home was silent. And then I was put away. I had to go away to an isolated place. And I spent so much time in that quarantine. I spent so much time in that place of isolation and of solitude. And I knew that everything was going to be okay, but I felt so, so alone. Until one day, I heard footsteps that weren't the familiar footsteps of those who would come to check on me. Instead, they were the light-hearted footsteps of a teenage relative named Mary. And as she came running in, she said, you will not believe the story that I have to tell you. And all I could think was, girl, I've got a story to tell you too. Won't you let, won't, won't you let me talk first? But no, I stopped. Because, you know, sometimes... It's better to listen first than it is to speak first because somebody else may have a story that puts your story in a whole new light. And when Mary came in, she said, Elizabeth, you are the only person I can talk to about this because I think you're experiencing the same thing that I am. And she sat down, we sat down next to each other and she told me about the fact that an angel had appeared to her when she was just going about her business and he came to her and he called her favored and said, the Lord is with you. And, said that, and, and, and she said that she was very perplexed by this. Now, let's just take a moment, friends, and let me explain something to you. Luke is a really good writer, but he could have used a thesaurus at this point. The only word he could come up with to describe Mary was perplexed. Let's try scared. Let's try in wonder. Let's try in awe. Let's try a host of other words. There were so many emotions, and I got to see them first. And as she was sharing this with me, she said something that I couldn't believe. He told her that she would conceive and bear a son, and his name would be Jesus, and he would be great, and he would be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord would give him the throne to his ancestor David. And in that moment, as she told the story, I realized it's really happening. Everything we had heard about for centuries was happening, and I'm the first one to hear the story. Mary was the first one to tell the story, but I got to be the first listener and the second teller of the story. I am here to tell you this story today because, you see, the son that I went on to tell Mary about in that same conversation, the son that I was expecting, who was leaping in my womb even as she talked about all of this, that son would grow up to prepare the way for Jesus. My job today is to prepare you to be with Mary on Christmas Eve as she brings the Son of God into the world. And isn't that in the body of Christ what we are really all about? Helping one another prepare for what God is going to do next. And one of the greatest gifts Mary told me that I gave her in the course of that, of that visit was simply waiting with her. Waiting to listen, waiting and listening to what she had to say, waiting and laughing with her at the craziness that these two 
ordinary women in small towns and small villages, a preacher's wife and a soon-to-be carpenter's wife, that the two of us were the first to hear and know about the fact, the fact that the world was going to change forever. We were there in that place, and one of the greatest gifts that I gave her is one of the greatest gifts that you can give each other too, especially in this time of quarantine and isolation for many of you as well. The one of the greatest gifts we can give each other is to wait with each other, to be patient with each other, to listen to each other more quickly than we are to speak what it is we want to say. Because you see, friends, in that time, as Mary shared with me what had happened to her and I shared what would happen with me, one of the things you don't hear is how we started talking about all of the prophecies we had heard for so many years, the prophecies of Messiah and what he would do and who he would be and what we could look forward to. And as we began to talk about it, we began to realize something, all of the miracles that were going to take place. And I looked at her at one point and I said, Mary, did you know that the blind are going to see? And she said, and the deaf will hear. And I said, and the, dumb, and, the, and the dead will live again. She said, the lame will leap. And I said, the dumb will speak. And together we said, the praises of the Lamb. And I looked at her and I said, Mary, did you know? Did you know that this is a story that is going to be sung and told for many, many years to come? Do you know what is happening here? And she said, I don't know what is ahead. But I know what I said to Gabriel is what I will say to you. And it is what we all must say, beloved friends, to the Lord who speaks to each of us every day, calling us to do what is hard, to do what is important, to do what matters, which is to obey his call. And that is to say, let it be with me, Lord, according to your word. Here am I. I was able, because of Mary's story, to be strengthened to live into the story God had for me. Because you see, that baby that I was carrying in my womb when she came that day, the one who leaped, he grew up to have a very strange sense of fashion and a very strange appetite of wearing camel's hair and eating locusts and honey. And he was really, really loud, my son John. He preached so loudly you could hear him from one riverbank to the other. He was not at all what I expected but he was everything that God wanted. And his job was to prepare the way for Mary's son to be born. And they became such good friends. They became confidants like Mary and I were together. And to the point that when my son was imprisoned and facing death, that Jesus sent a word to him of what was happening. And Jesus sent this word to him saying, The blind now see. And the deaf hear, the dead are living again, the lame are leaping, and the dumb are speaking, the praises of the Lamb. The same words that two mothers-to-be used to comfort each other became the comfort of the preparer of the way and the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. You never know what your one time of waiting with someone can do for a great and long future of those who are to come, of generations to come. We had no idea that day exactly how everything would play out. We did not want for this to play out with both of us being mothers who had to watch their sons die. 
and yet we also became mothers of the good news. We were the first ones to tell that he is coming. You hear at Easter all the time about the first women at the tomb who said he is risen. But today is a time, friends, for us to stop and celebrate that he's coming again, and he's coming again, and he's coming again every time we open our hearts to him. Would you open your heart to him today? Would you wait with me? Would you wait with Mary? Silence can be hard. Waiting can be hard. And yet that's where God calls us to be with each other. And it is in the waiting that some of God's greatest miracles begin to form and come to fruition. Like my relative Mary and I, I invite you to respond to this command that nothing is impossible with God with a willingness to go with him and to do what he has called you to do, may our answer ever be to his call. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Let it be with me. Let it be with you. Let this be our prayer, friends. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son who is coming, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who binds and blesses us all, be that glory. Amen.